a super important podcast about hair. Question mark. Featuring Ryan Teal and Stephen Adams as your co-hosts. Let's begin. All right, let's talk about the industry today. Or, hey, today we're going to talk about beauty schools or whatever we want to talk about. What do you want to talk about today? Um, actually, one thing that I've been wanting to talk about that I've been trying to get on my uh, uh, how to be more awesome or hairdresser is employees. Um, and I feel like, you know, like I've been asked a lot of questions lately. Like, you know, people wanted me to address it on how to be more awesome or hairdresser. And I'll probably even go back um, and put it up on that as well. Um, but it is kind of nice to also have your opinion as I do it as well. Um, and my whole thing about employees is I feel like I get questions about like, you know, how do I inspire uh, other people that work for me to have as much passion or put as much work into the business as um, I do? And, you know, my whole thing is you're not ever going to do that. No, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, number one, pay them more. You know, and number two, they're still not going to put as much effort into it. You can pay them 80%. Of oh, yeah. You a commission rate of 80%, and they're still not going to put in the drive. They're still going to be like, well, I'm not busy enough. I mean, here's the thing. It's like I, I really, truly believe, like, employees, the best way to solve an employee challenge, hire really freaking good employees. And that's hard to do, especially nowadays. It's hard today. It's super hard to do. Um, and <clears throat> that's like the first thing that I look at when I hire somebody is I, when I so I just hired somebody uh, this week. Thank God. It's been like a cold. I, I have not hired anybody for six months, which is really slow. Usually I try to hire my average. I try to hire about 12 people a year. Mm-hmm. Because you know that some are going to make it, some some will make it, some won't. And so you want to, like, overhire. And it's really tough because it's you're, there's not enough applicants right now. There's not enough people in school. And the quality of, quality of person is so low. So I've been very, 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 very fortunate in the last um, 12 years with my salon in St. Paul. We have lost three people in the last like six years to be us firing them uh-huh. because of whatever craziness that they've done. Um, we've lost one person in that same time frame in five or six years to booth rental. Okay. And we have anybody who actually makes it through the training program, they really grow and stay. And I think it's because we, we have a few different things. As an, to have a really great solid employee, as a business owner, you have to have a good personal relationship with them. Oh yeah. That's like number one. Like not partying relationship, like a good personal relationship where you're like, really understand like who they are, what they're about, and understand that Things are going to happen. They're going to be late. And what makes them tick? And what? Yeah, they're going to be late sometimes. They're going to come in. They're going to have challenges. And sit down and talk to them about those challenges and, like, have that open conversation and just, like, really talk about it and then be really understanding. And <clears throat> I feel like by doing that in the last, you know, we've really changed our direction, like, over the last six years and really trying to be understandable <laughs> and, like, really – know that we have to mold our business around our employees it's really helped with customer with employee loyalty yeah and we will give people the opportunity to uh you know we'll give them that opportunity to to screw up and we will work with them through it up to a point usually it hits like four five six times of us sitting down going, okay, how are you going to change this behavior? And then finally, it's just like, okay, it's, we have to part. And, you know, my whole thing, now how many people do you have at uh, uh, each of your locations? So um, the employee salon has 20 employees. Okay, that's 20 big. Stylists, 20 stylists. 
And um, yeah, we have 20 stylists, one, two, three, four. I think we're our fifth receptionist to start this week. So I think okay. we'll have 25 employees. 25 employees. The employee, yes. And then the chair rental salon, which is next door, has nine independent okay. contractors. Yeah. And then how many chairs do you have in your, uh, in your rental? 11. Okay, so you can, you can still get people in there. But okay. you're almost at capacity. Almost. I mean, with the independent contractors, we have a few that are on part-time. So my uh -huh. is to like, if you're working three days and you're working two days, you're sharing a station. So at nine, if one person leaves, that's kind of devastating for you. Um, it can be. It's almost, it's almost one-tenth of, your, of, the, yeah. of the, the people that are renting the chairs. Where at 20, if one person leaves, it's a half a percent. Or, or, or they're about that music was so good. <laughs> that, that's my that's my dryer. <laughs> I just got home. <laughs> I just got off the plane and I'm washing all my clothes. So I apologize. Oh, no, I don't care. I was like, wow, it's so relaxing. So you know what I've been telling people is that that if you have less than twenty people, you really need to have what you just said that personal relationship. And and the check isn't always the most important. Sometimes it's, I want more education. Sometimes I want more opportunity. Sometimes I want this, sometimes I want that. And I feel like, like we should never expect anybody to, to, um, to just work or, or, you know, with somebody that, that doesn't necessarily know who they are, essentially is what I'm trying right. to say. And, yeah. and I feel like a lot of hairdressers, especially, especially the ones that are working by the chair full time, that, that, you know, that don't get to work on their salons, mm -hmm. totally miss you know, um, that personal connection, you know, between the hairdresser and, and you know, the, the management, essentially. Yeah, and the other thing that I've really found is that really helps is when we, so like my business partner and I like decide of, okay, we have a decision that we want to, or change something in the salon. <clears throat> we first bring it to the, to the employees and we're like, okay, here, here's what we're thinking. These are our options. What do you guys feel? Mm -hmm. So they have an input. They don't always think that they have an input. They think that we already are going to be like, oh, they already know what they're going to do. Well, which we have an idea, but we still want to hear their input because sometimes we've drastically changed our ideas. Yeah. On their input. And I think it's important to be able to like really focus on that and really have everybody involved in it. It's, but it's challenging because especially nowadays, um, everything let's we can say like social media driven marketing driven even manufacturer classrooms everything is now really being taught on individuals yeah teams and so it's changing it makes it really a little bit challenging because you have to readjust how you do education and how you like who you bring in and how you like i have to prep an educator who comes in and remind them these guys are all employees we're working as a collective here. It's not individual basis. So we want to build like, these are things we want to like talk about. So it's just, yeah, um, so do we still want to go back and harp on the Amazon thing? Because I've actually really been like, like it's been <laughs> still weighing on my, on my shoulders a little bit. Yeah. How, what, what do you, well, we can definitely talk about that, but let's finish about employees. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't have any time. I'm on board. <laughs> let's stay on employees. I mean, what, yeah, go ahead. Seriously. I, mean, I want to hear about your thoughts. I mean, you've owned salons. Uh -huh. You work in salons. You go through and you, like, uh, train. So what are your thoughts about employees? And I just think that, that you know, I said something on my other, on, on uh, How to Be More Awesome or the other day about, um, you know, how, how we need to lower our expectations uh, on other people. And so the fact that anybody even has one person that comes to work every single day, and they could even be, uh, you know, 10 minutes late. Now, if you're 10 minutes late, that's kind of a, you know, bullshit thing to do, and you need to follow your rules. But if they have intention, if their intentions are good towards you and your business, um, that's awesome. Because nowadays, I mean, you know, so many people are so wrapped up in their own lives that if somebody even wants to come work for you, that's a huge, um, that's a huge compliment to you. You know, right. so I feel like, like, like 
we have these high expectations of of not only like our children, you know, our our employees, our spouses, our our whatever, you know, lower your freaking expectations. You know, if they're following the rules and if they're showing up and getting the hair done and all that kind of stuff. And I remember I was a Nazi when I when I had the salons. I, I you know, you had to show up and you know. Like, you know, it's it's like, you know, I had like this dress code that was this like terrible dress code that like, you know, everybody had to wear black because that was original. Um, <laughs> There's not a single hair salon that has all black. Um, and, and then I started letting go and I started lowering my, I started lowering my expectations and I became a much happier person. Oh, yeah. You know, and my, my staff was much happier. And then what I also believe in is that lower your expectations to other people, but raise your own expectations. I expect myself to get up to work and, and dress fantastic every single day, you know, where, you know, if they even just come to work, I'm so happy just to see you. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the numbers necessarily that, that I'm so worried about. It's like, just treat, treat, treat people nicer. Cause I feel like we have it and we don't, you know, and we, we, you know, get in this whole thing of like apprenticeship programs where like, you know, they're really just, just, um, Bitch program. Slaves, essentially. Yeah, slaves and stuff. Yeah. It's and they're not learning shit because we don't know how to run an apprenticeship program. No. I mean, I know how to run an apprenticeship program. Yeah. But not, not everybody. Yeah. And a lot of people that have apprentices shouldn't be having them because they haven't even built their own name yet. You know what's interesting? It's like, this is fascinating. I have not had an assistant or an apprentice since April. Really? Yeah. We have none in the salon at the moment because we haven't found the right people. So I'm not hiring them. So we're all, but what's great is two of our newer stylists volunteered to assist one of our busiest stylists. And I'm just like, I'd rather have, you guys have the assistant. I don't need them. I'm just going to, so I'm doing my own shampoos. I'm doing my own blow dries. I'm like working on the same time schedule staying on time, do, you know, and I still, I book efficiently, meaning like I do a half hour to 45 minute haircuts with wow. a half hour, 45 minute, uh, with a half hour, 45 minute color application. And if I do a color, I do a haircut or some, another color in between. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. But what's great is the team is seeing that me as the owner of the salon is doing it. Hustling. Yeah. When I'm not busy, if I have downtime and I don't have anything to do in the office, I'm folding towels. I'm sweeping. Yeah. I'm joking around. I'm talking to their clients. You know, it's like all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait, you know, we all got to do this together. And they jump in and it's just, it's become, it's been really great. I mean, no assistance for, what is that, four or five months now? It's kind of nuts. But, you know. It's kind of nice. I had one point. I had at one point back in two thousand pre two thousand eight in in Portland. I had two assistants myself um, yeah. because I was doing anywhere from twenty four to thirty haircuts a day yeah. in an eight hour shift. Yeah. Um, and then in in uh, during, right at the recession, I stopped booking fifteen minute appointments. I I um, had to fire both of my assistants, and I went to I, I charged. I went from forty five dollar haircuts to one hundred and fifty, and I went from 15 minute minute haircuts to one full hour. Um, I made more money. I was much more happier and I didn't have to have as much of a clientele. I mean, it, it was so more liberating. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. It's like, you, and that's the thing you always, I, I think, I, and I explain this to my employees all the time is you want to work hard. Yeah. Work efficiently too. And you want to be happy. If you're not happy with what you're doing, you got to stop and change it. Yeah. You know, and I think it's so vital to be able to do that. So I, and I know that we're, we're kind of harping on, on salon owners right now because it is kind of, you know, I, I was thinking this yesterday because I worked for, I worked for a manufacturer that I've, I've been, <laughs> the, uh, I, I mean, he was just a narcissistic and rude, the, the guy that I worked for. And what happened was all the way down, the whole culture was narcissistic and rude. Um, and so I always kind of feel like, you know, the, the, you know, the shit always rises to the top. If, if the salon's not working and if their employees aren't working and if people aren't successful, it's 100% to do with the owner. It's always. And I, yeah. being a salon owner, I accept that. If my team is failing, ah. that's my problem. Did I lose you? 
hundred percent my yeah. problem. It means it is hundred percent my fault. I'm not doing something properly, you know. And in the past, when I had two salons, I know what it was. I was stretched too thin. I had two salons. I was working, trying to work both of them. I was teaching on the road. I was like doing, you know, other stuff outside of the business that was helping the business, but it was like I was so much not there. Mm -hmm. And it really, 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 really hurt the business. And I really appreciate now having once, you know, it's like we have two, you know, having the two salons side by side, it's been really nice working with my employees. With the independent contractors, I don't deal with much. I don't go in. I don't, it's not my job. I, it is not my job. It, my job is to be their landlord. Yeah. And but, make sure that like, the lights are on and the doors open. Yeah. Lights are on, doors open, the receptionist there, heat's on, power, great. Everything's running smooth. Yeah. But as an employer with employees, my job is to like make sure that they're doing well and really helping them out and really supporting them and really giving them the quality, um, quality workplace that they really deserve. You know, and actually this is something I just saw on, on a Facebook group. This was it this morning or yesterday. Somebody was saying about <clears throat> why they shouldn't work in a hair salon that as an employee, because they post, you know, because the the salon owner wants them to, you know, really drive business in with their Instagram and social media. So they're always marketing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I get that. So 20 years ago, I, I thought the same thing because I mean, 20, 30 years ago, before there was social media salon owners, what did they have us do? Run around and pass out flyers and go door to door and knock on people's things and like hand out business cards and flyers and promotions and blah blah. Same thing. So we that's never going to change. That part is never going to change. But what will change is how we actually deal with things. So what I did as a business owner, I looked at that and I changed my structure of how I paid. Most traditional salons, when they pay commission, you get a higher commission rate based on um, based on how much dollars you're generating. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. What if all of those clients are first time clients coming to the salon because of the salon? So what I ended up doing is we switched everything to, uh, so it's all built on reputation. So it's all built on retention. So the more, the higher your retention rates are, and we do, we look at it every six months and it never goes, the commission rate never drops. So if you, you start at a low commission rate of, we start at 35, which is low, but we also offer full benefit package, like health insurance, dental insurance, IRA matching, everything. <clears throat> and what we end up doing is we like, in that first six months, based on your retention rate, like how many of those new guests are coming back to see you and how many people you're retaining that have, are becoming multiple visit clients, based on that, that changes your commission rate from 35 to 40 to 42 to 45 to 47, all the way up. And then if you become an educator and you like actually are working with an assistant, then you get another jump. And then it's like, boom. So it's like, what you do, I mean, I'm paying employees, like I have an employee, I pay 50%, which is everyone's like, that's too much to pay an employee and to have all benefits. It's tough, but you know what? We still do it. And it's like, because it's worth it because 50% is better than nothing. Yeah. It just, you know, it's, it's that whole thing of like, well, my commission rate, it, yeah, commission rate does matter. But there isn't a huge jump. Like if you're still doing $2,000 a week at 40% commission versus 42% commission, that's only a few hundred dollars. I mean, you'd be better off getting a bigger tip. Yeah, yeah. Realistically. Well, and what's nice about, about that way as opposed to just the numbers is that it inspires, um, uh, obviously, you know, people both, you know, being retained and then, and then, you know, bringing you more dollars, you know, when, when they are done. Yeah. But what that also does is it inspires the the person that is making the commission or the the stylist essentially to up their service, you know, because you know you can just give a haircut, but you could also just go to Supercuts and get a haircut. Not that Supercuts has bad haircuts. I just pulled that out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, no, fast. We'll call them fast service salons. Yeah, fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you could um, like just go to like any place 
and get a haircut, yeah. what's going to separate us from, you know, other, you know, of those salons is the better service. And if you are basing your pay based off of your retention, that means that if you have high retention, your services look good. Exactly. And that means that you're like, it, it means that your clients love you. And if you're yeah. loving you because your, 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 your customer service is good, you're going to be a great employee. I don't care how technical you are. I mean, technical, yeah, you got to be like sort of technical. You yeah. Like some skills, but it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be, you know, the top of the top of the top. I know some, some really great hairdressers that actually have a very mediocre technic, you know, technical set. They have a good chat and they can blow dry well. Yeah. And that's, I have a few employees that make over $100,000 a year. That's not behind, what they do behind the chair. They do two hundred because they're making 50%. Yeah. I mean, they're, doing, they're making $100,000 a year behind the chair. Haircuts, yeah, they're okay. Blow yeah. dry, great. Customer service, incredible. Clients and that's all that matters. And I have no problem giving all of my clients to them. Yeah. And in fact, that's what I do. And, and you know, I, I feel like the, the customer service matters because, again, back to what, you know, I kind of wanted to uh, sway into, which yeah. is back to the, the, the Amazon thing is, yeah. um, you know, customer service is where it's at. And that's how we're going to maintain what's coming up. There's yeah. going to be a major shift in what we know of as retail and not just our retail, the soap that we sell, you know, behind the chair. But, dude, I, I saw, I don't know if you saw, um, Dillard's is closing. And Macy's is closing. Which one? Macy's. Are they closing all of the Macy's? Yes. Things? And so it's like, holy wow. shit. I mean, we're going through a massive like shift in what we know of as, as, as business. Malls are dead. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how that, the, the Mall of America is doing. Mall of America. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that one's doing, but like every mall I go to now, like there's like, I would say probably 50% of the stores in there are, or the, the spaces in there are empty. Yeah. I was going to say the mall of America, I think does okay. And they've actually been expanding, but they've done a lot of different things. Like they brought in, like they have two or three hotels that are anchors now. Oh, nice. They have to do okay. like wedding parties and they have a conference center. They do, you know, it has, so I think they're doing okay and businesses will stay there, but it's not, as crazy as you would think, you know, yeah. you might find two or three of the same stores. And now you're getting probably a lot of travelers because you have mall uh, hotels that are, that exactly. are there. And, and it's tough for me. I travel so much. It's tough for me to, to, you know, have Amazon deliver my groceries to my house. Right. Um, but I was talking to a coworker the other day where, and she told me that she hasn't been to a grocery store in over a year. Wow. She has all of her stuff delivered right to her house. She says she doesn't, hasn't walked into a brick and mortar location to get anything. You know, like I went to Sephora uh, when I was in uh, Austin the other day. I went, I went to Sephora because I needed to pick up some cologne. She said she, she buys everything from Sephora, but she hasn't been in, inside of Sephora in years. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you're going to see more and more and more of that. I mean, that's one of the things that I have to say. It's like, especially Amazon owning, uh, you know, they're, they own Whole Foods, you know? And so it's like, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing that they're... Like, and they make it so easy. Whole Foods, I haven't been to Whole Foods in a while and I stopped in and she's like, do you have Amazon Prime? I'm like, yeah, I do. So I showed her, gave her, signed it all up. Now it's in there, it logged in. And every time I go in, connected to it and boom, I get a discount. You can also like return anything you get from Amazon to a Whole Foods. Seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> I Dude, it's so easy. So, you know, uh, back to what we were talking about is, you know, fan fantastic. I'm so happy about it because I feel like there's a lot of people that are going to, you know, be going away that have lost customer service. Yeah. You know? And I think that the only way for us to beat Amazon is to up that customer service. And the fact oh. that you're paying based off of customer service yeah. is amazing. No, and that's the whole thing. Customer service is the main driver of any business. So like even like restaurants, do you go to a restaurant just because of the food or do you go to the restaurant because the food's good, but the customer service is great? 
Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's... I will, I will overlook shitty food for good service. Yeah. Now, when I lived in Portland, when I lived in Portland, like, they almost prided themselves on bad service. I was like, you know, they, they actually, that was part of their advertising, is we have the worst service in the country. Where was that one place, that bar, southern barbecue place that we went to, and they had just had terrible service? Ah, uh, God, I know exactly where it is. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, and the crazy thing is, thinking about this, I was, you know, right now Minneapolis is going through a huge insurgent of, like, building and developing an apartment and condensing, and they're always putting all this retail space underneath. And I'm thinking about this, I'm like, <coughs> Retail sales is dying. Really, if you think, start thinking about it, what really is going to be left? Maybe shoe repair. Yeah, service. Dry cleaning. Service. Hair salon. You know, spas. Bars. Restaurants. It's almost like a full circle, really. Really, that's all there. What else is it going to be? It made a full circle. If you think about it, there's a, a like, like because that's what we originally built our whole country on was was industry, yeah. not retail. No, exactly. That's funny. I didn't, I didn't even think of that, dude. I didn't even think of that. Like, like, yeah. They, I mean, the the residential on top, you know, uh, commercial property underneath. And I've always heard if you want to make you know a whole bunch of money, invest in commercial properties. Convert commercial properties probably really aren't the best investment anymore. Read like. Residential properties are probably the best because somebody right. owns something somewhere. That's, what, that's also why all these developers are at least doing majority of it residential. That's crazy, dude. I didn't. I didn't. That didn't even occur to me until you just said that. That's funny. That's <laughs> it's funny. kind of it's it's kind of an amazing thing. And you see this everywhere across the country, and really brick and mortar places and stores, and they're all going. It's 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 all on the lower. You're you're going to see less and less and less and less of it. I do. You're still going to see local boutiques. Boutiques that have really great customer service and really great product. Now, if they have shitty product, it's going to go away. But it's got to be really great service and really great product. And it, I think that's what will happen. I mean, I always compare to like if you think about like New York walk around the streets of New York, not the main shopping areas, but the main, like just a regular street. Neighborhoods. Neighborhood. You're still going to see boutiques, hair salons, nail salons, exactly what we're talking about. And I think New York is a way to look at it. And what's going to happen is we have to look at the New York market. and We have to look at these high condensed cities to see how that's going to change you know, because re the retail aspect is going to go away. Well, and I still feel that, like, you know, salons, and, and I, I, like, if there's ever manufacturers that listen to us, I mean, you know, there is still hope for, for retail. Um, I think yeah. that, like, that, like, you know, when I go to a vet or when I go to a doctor, if I go to a dentist, and he's like, listen, Ryan, you have sensitive teeth. I really want you to use this tooth you know, toothpaste, you know, Prell. Yeah. Um, I'm going to buy it from him because I trust him. So... If, if uh, a salon is doing great service and like, hey, listen, I really want you to do that, this one instead of what you can get at Amazon or whatever, then they'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But gone are the days of, I remember when I first started, you know, years ago where I would have like, I would have like three face seasons of one shampoo, 12 deep. Yeah. You know, now it's like two facings and like two deep, maybe. Well, I was going to say, we like, yeah, we pretty much... What I do is I actually look every week, we order every week, and I look at what retail is moving. And based on the items that do move on a regular basis, then we up our retail sales. So let's say we sell <coughs> 10 in one week. I know that I can order 12 of those. But if I have another product that only moves, you know, like one a week, then I know that I, I can only have two of those on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. And we've condensed it. And it saved us actually thousands of dollars by like really paying attention and watching our inventory levels. So I don't have 
tons of inventory unless it moves. If it moves, it's got a lot of inventory. If it doesn't move, it's two or three pieces max. One or two pieces. Yep. Uh, keep it, keep it yeah. really, really low. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and we do the, exactly the same thing with like our color line in the back bar. Um, I think, you know, my business partner is really awesome in that aspect. Like he knows how to like really pay attention to what's moving and where our price, price points are and what, you know, like really paying attention to what, what we're actually selling and yeah. how to work from that. I think it's important to have somebody in your business and most salons, if you aren't doing it, make sure you have somebody doing it doing that for you to really help you don't just and don't just buy something just to buy something because i always think about if i'm going to bring in something new is it going to cannibalize what i already have exactly you, you want to make sure that you fit each niche and then kind of kind of work it from there yeah i i'll tell you being in business being a salon owner for 20 years has like taught me a lot because when i first started i was like we're a salon owner we're just gonna do whatever and no, it doesn't work that way. You actually have to like really understand the business side of it. Yeah. So what time are we at? Um, I don't know yet. I haven't actually looked. We're doing good. We're not, we're not even hit the 10 minute warning yet. Oh, good. Yeah. No, this is so actually I, going really well. I think so too. Um, what have you been listening to? Listening to, oh, um, God, let's see. I got to pull it up because I forgot. There's a new band I just started listening to. Well, I told you about one. I think I sent you sent you that info already. Yeah, yeah. And now I've been listening. Well, I just went and saw the Racketeers. Oh, really? How was that? It's all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge – well, actually, I've never listened to him before. So really. I'm not a huge Jack White fan, but at the same time, I think he does some good stuff in the industry which is kind of cool. Yeah. And what I really liked is it was not a Jack White show. Oh, really? It was a racketeer show. And it was, it was kind of cool. So I've been listening to a little bit of them. I've been listening to this girl. She's out of uh, uh, Toronto called Lights. She's yeah. kind of like acoustic-y, electronic-y stuff. I'm trying to think. Uh, another band I was listening to is out of New York called the Midnight Horrors. Okay. They only have two songs that you can find, but I really, I like them a lot. And let's see, one more. One more, one more. The Huntress and the Head, or the Holder, the Huntress and the Holder of Hands. Okay. That's, that's the name of the band. The Huntress and the Holder of Hands kind of like i don't know indie indie rock crap that's kind of like got cello in it okay it's okay. kind of cool <laughs> all over the freaking place I, but i just like whenever someone's mentioned something i pull it up and i start to like listen to it what are you been listening to oh i have also been listening to a lot of old school the first four black sabbath albums oh wow okay cool so like heavy i've been going backwards a little yeah. bit i'm like never really listened to like the first few albums just just like I the love hits. black sabbath black sabbath was one of my favorite albums ever so good yeah so yeah good. um i've been listening to well i just started a new podcast um i started a podcast called um cocaine and rhinestones nice put out by david allen coe's son yep and he's just telling stories about old country and western musicians and like all the stories behind of it so um, I listened to two of them. Uh, one of them was about Loretta Lynn, and the other one was about Ernest Tubb. Um, and so Ernest Tubb, like, like listening to that one, dude, Ernest Tubb was a badass motherfucker. He, he shot a dude. I mean, like, he was, like, a really sweet guy, but he got really pissed off one day and drunk and shot a dude. Um, so I've been listening to a little bit of Ernest Tubb because he has such, a, like, an interesting voice. Um, and that kind of, like, inspired me, like, to go back and listen to some, like, well, David Alonco, obviously, and like, uh, uh, you know, Tennessee Ernie Ford and, and whatnot. Um, I'm still super obsessed right now with, with uh, uh, Joan Jett. Like, yeah. everything about Joan Jett. Like, I, like I, I saw her documentary, and um, like, I'm 100%. Like, she was such an amazing woman. 
and she like I got to do her hair once, like way back in the day, and like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything because, you know, it was I was like Stan from from uh, South Park. Every time she said anything, I'd just throw up <laughs> all over myself. Um, and then uh, this morning, I watched um, the CBGB doc, not documentary, but the uh, the CBGB story. Um, where it's all like live action and, and it's like them like like a dramatization of the, the building of uh, and it's told from Hilly Crystal's perspective. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So like all morning has been a television talking heads, Blondie, Iggy Pop, you know, um, uh, who else was it? Dead Boys. That's where actually I finished because I had to get to some work. So I, I like my playlist all day has been like you know the Hilly Crystal playlist. It's, it's been That's so pretty, awesome. That's yeah. a great group. Where did yeah. you, where is that? Where is where did you get to watch that show? Um, I just got it. Well, I have it. Like I got it on Amazon. <laughs> um, <laughs> you per did you purchase it or did you rent it? I purchased it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, and I've, I've seen it before. It's really old. It, it came out like probably six years ago. Um, and the downside to it is like everybody in the bands like like Hilly Crystal looks like Hilly Crystal, and the Talking Heads look like the Talking Heads, and Blondie didn't look that great. Iggy Pop looked and acted the same. Now, <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was like, dude, that guy looks just like Iggy Pop in his like blonde hair era, you know, like when he was all like, you know, and, and like all strung out kind of, you know, whatever. Like, who the and he was like acting like him and, and like every like nuance of uh, Iggy Pop. I'm like, who is it? And, I, and then I finally watched the, the uh, credits. It was Taylor fucking Hawkins. And you know my relationship with Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for the Foo Fighters, yeah. that he, that he um, used to beat me up when I was in middle school because <laughs> um, he's two years older than me and he was a rich kid and I was the only punk rock kid. And I went to school one day, listen to this, I went to school one day wearing an Iggy Pop t-shirt and he's like, who the hell's Iggy Pop, some sort of faggot? And he ripped my shirt. And now he plays him. <laughs> now he's playing him on the, on the story of Iggy. Oh my God. It's like, karma doesn't exist, man. Karma's a, karma's a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> karma is always fucked up. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, I definitely recommend that movie. And also that, that podcast, uh, uh, Cocaine and, and Rhinestones. It's, it's a great one. And he does so much research on that podcast. Like, like he tells like in-depth stories about these people. That's cool. I'm gonna have yeah. to check that one out. Yeah. Definitely check that one out. Uh, last question for you, ready? Yes. We talked about employees, we talked about customer service, talked about music. We've never talked about politics. Mm. Should we? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, because I was just like, why not? I think I'd actually put it on there that we were gonna talk about politics sometime. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, uh, I'm very, apolitical like yeah. i i i haven't <laughs> um <laughs> you don't have I, I have as an adult i have never voted uh ever um i don't vote i don't believe in voting um i believe that when you give me somebody to vote for instead of somebody to vote against then i will totally participate in your in your thing um we didn't have anybody to vote for in the last in the last uh, um, campaign. Um, I, I think that we're screwed right now. We, we would have been screwed no matter what. I do think that our current situation is pretty screwed as well. Um, but that's obvious, though. It's like I mean, like, and, and, well, and, and I can't even say that necessarily. I'm trying to be as as as. <laughs> um, I don't pay attention to a lot of politics because I feel like so many people are, and it just pisses so many people off. And I really have a hard time feeling like a lot of what is going on in our current politics is, and again, I'm a big conspiracy theorist that I, I think that they play a lot of rope-a-dopes. I kind of feel that, um, and you know what I mean by rope-a-dope. Rope-a-dope is like where Muhammad Ali was uh, the king of the rope-a-dope. He'd be like, look over here, look over here, and then he'd punch you with his left hand exactly. um, in the liver and, and knock you out. Right. I um, feel like politics is all about that. Yeah. You and me as not politicians, we have no idea what is going on because they just flood the media and they flood the television and everywhere else with stuff that they know pushes everyone's buttons. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of feel that Obama 
was um, given to us so we could have the first black president, which I was super happy about, but I think he was given to us so they could take away our rights after, you know, you know, Bush, that they could actually take more rights, you know, away from us because we were so fighting Bush and, and, and September 11th and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we were given Obama. Now we're given Trump who, I mean, let's face it, the, the guy is a loose cannon like I am. And I don't think he thinks about all of the words that, that he is using. And I think he causes a lot of problems. But I think that they're doing that because I kind of feel like it might be um, foreign affairs is what we're not supposed to be paying attention to. Um, that we're, we're looking more you know, at him because we, we hate him so much or we love him so much or whatever. It doesn't matter either way. I just feel that we were, we were, he was placed there as a puppet so we're not paying attention to the other things that, that they're screwing us on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think it's fascinating to me as how so many people in our country get so upset and so polarized. about Polarized. And it's not, you know, which realistically is not great for our business or for, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for no. a business as a salon owner. It's not good. It's not good for our country. It's something that we really have to like really pull people together. So I'm curious to see where, where, where politics is going to go. I don't watch it very closely. I only, my general rule is if it's important, people will talk to me about it. Yeah. And I've always thought that local politics is more important than, than, you know, um, federal. Um, Like I I think that, you know, one of my politics is I I think that weed should be legal you know, uh, in every single state, because I, I think they've done so so great things for for many states. Um, I think people get so caught up on the federal stuff. Federal, I mean, federal really doesn't affect you or I because yeah. we live in cities which have our own city leadership, which then have to follow what goes in the state. And the state, the federal is really kind of just the surface. It's like it takes care of the roads. It takes care of like people coming in and out of the country and it's like and even if somebody makes a federal law this is like the craziest thing federal law change you know you can make a federal law but your state doesn't have to follow that federal law yeah yeah at all i mean what equal rights era the whole era movement what from the 70s it's kind of crazy it still hasn't become ratified for the whole country yeah yeah only 30 states have agreed to it and they need 38 to become for it to become a complete federal thing well another example of that and and then this is kind of like i kind of took a stand i mean i'm I'm quiet about the stand because i really can't i mean in in our industry i don't think that we can we should voice our opinion either from platform or education or you know, even behind the chair. I, I don't, like when I, when I was behind the chair full time, I was the master of playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. So like if, if, you know, I lived in Portland, Oregon and everybody had a very, you know, liberal democratic type, you know, view, which I, I kind of tended in, in family stuff or home stuff, I kind of tend to lean that way where a lot of my, my, um, Probably economic stuff, I might lean a little bit more on the Republican side. Yeah. Um, but I was always the guy that, like, if you came in, you were super liberal, I would take the other stance. Not that I believed it. I would just take it. Yeah. Um, because because it was a reaction. Yeah. Um, but I, so I don't really, like, voice my opinion a whole heck of a lot. But I will say that um, with the current state of Alabama um, and the things that they have decided to do um, with uh, abortions, I actually chose um, to not do the Alabama hair show. Right. And, you know, it's one of those that like, okay, so I'm not a woman. So it's really not, my belief has always been, always been, I'm not a woman. I really shouldn't have that much of an opinion on another, on a woman's body. Like, like if I was giving birth, I wouldn't want her to have an opinion on mine. Um, so really like, even though it is like, like it, it's part of the, I mean, it's, it's part of the man as well. Really it's the person who's carrying it for nine months who actually should have a lot more of the, the, the whatever. hundred percent. Yeah, so my whole thing is is you know, you know, I mean, and I'm not even I'm not even going to post it on on social except for like right now is like really the only place I'm talking about it is I just don't feel comfortable um even getting in the conversation there. Right. You know. 
So I just, I chose to not boycott it, just not go. Right. Just, you make, you choose where you're going to go. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's always interesting. You know, it's kind of like, <clears throat> this is also why, like, there's no federal hairdressing license, you know, like the whole United States. Yeah. Because every state has got so many different laws and rules and none of them are the same. You know, it's like New York, hundred hours for licensing, you know, North Dakota's 2100 hours you know it's, it's a big 1100 hour gap and there's it's never going to work until all the states can actually agree on one single yeah so and that'll probably never happen it's never going to happen if they can't even do it with equal rights for women yeah how are they going to ever do it for hairdressers and it's so sad that uh, that's so i think what you know when it comes to politics don't worry about the federal so much. Worry about your local stuff. Yeah. There's my preaching. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I think I think it's important to be at least thoughtful about it. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I probably should think more um, about it. Even I don't, but I probably should think more yeah, about but you're, it. Yeah, but you're on the road. So which what state would you uh, be <laughs> <laughs> pay attention to? <laughs> you're like, where am I this week? Okay. Yeah, yeah probably Louisville, but. Yeah. I don't even know where to – like, I, I haven't watched the news probably in, like, like 13 years. I never watch the news. Sometimes I get a, I'll get a notification or something. I do feel it's weird, though, that, uh, you know, like you were talking about the polarization of, of you know, the right versus the left. I kind of feel like it's the whole, like, like they do it on purpose to split us. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, when you're split, you it's very easy to uh, uh, keep a culture down. And I feel like like we're really just kind of – falling into that where you know all all right wingers all, all right wingers are racist and all you know uh left wingers you know are, are communists and <laughs> yeah no that, that's not you know because i don't fit into that mold at all like i'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near that well it's kind of like it, it i'm going to relate it back to the hair hair world you ready owner salons Rent versus lease versus versus leasing you know it's like independent contractors versus employee it's no the customer service that's versus it. now studios yeah but see that's a third party now yeah but it doesn't matter it's all the same it's yeah all totally we're all hairdressers stop paralyzing and stop yeah. polarizing between the difference it's there is no difference you're a hairdresser to be successful as a hairdresser it doesn't matter if you're an independent contractor if you're a booth renter if you're a studio renter if you're a salon owner if you're an employee it doesn't matter what you are if you have really solid good education if you have really solid amazing customer service you're gonna do well and yeah that's all that matters really i think i agree with you i agree yeah it's just i think the more the more we follow get into the whole polarization of politics it also creates the polarization between everything else. I, and I also think that it kind of damages us, like, like our own personal happy level kind of goes down as well. Exactly. Be happy. Love yeah. everyone. We need and, and you know what's funny is, is I think I'm happier than I have been my entire life, almost, because I've started learning to, like, blame myself. You know, you know Obama didn't, you know... I, I, I don't have a job because of Obama and like, I can't go, you know, whatever, I, because of, of Trump or, you know, or, or Bush or any of that. No, you know what? It's not the president. It's not your parents. It's not your spouse. You know, you're not successful because you might just be an idiot. You're not successful because you're not successful. Exactly. And become successful. Change it. And yeah. I wasn't always successful. I mean, I've had ups and downs and, all kinds of crazy shit. Me too. And it's that's what it is, you know. Success, I always let's say, is like it, there is no real such thing as success. It's like an imaginary dream. It's like chasing that perfect haircut. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I feel that you know, like you can have small successes. Exactly. You, you know, have... I had I had in two thousand eight. I won Naha. That was a small success compared to the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I had a small success. Two days ago, I bought a pair of cowboy boots for $900. And the fact that I could, I could throw $900 down, that was a big old success. Because, you know, to, to be honest, last year, 
I couldn't even buy tennis shoes. See, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it changes all the time. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I all paid right. off the credit card and, and bought $900 cowboy boots. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, man. You are so successful. <laughs> I am so successful. But you know what, tomorrow I'm not going to be. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you never know. But any good seeing you, man. Yeah. Should we, should we sign off? Yeah, I think we should head out. I think maybe because we're only having two people that it only lets us record for as long as we want. Wow, that's awesome. But we've been <laughs> on almost 45 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. Those of you who are watching us, um, you can hit us up. You can hit uh, me up at Ryan at uh, Ryan underscore Teal at um, Instagram um, and Just Hair Original on Instagram. Um, I am changing the Ryan underscore Teal one. I'm actually going to get rid of a lot of my photos on there because I've decided that I don't really want to have photos so much anymore because that's not really who I am anymore. Um, I'm turning more into how to be a more awesomer hairdresser and how to um, help hairdressers become more successful. So I'm actually getting rid of the photos part of my my thing and and you know because that's that's historical Ryan that's not you know current day Ryan current day Ryan is I'm trying to get you guys more successful so that's going to become more of just that how to, uh, how to be more awesome a hairdresser um, we have a super important podcast on YouTube uh, actually it's a super important podcast about hair on YouTube right um no it's just a super important important podcast okay okay and then how do we get a hold of how do we get a hold of you. Yeah, and you can also, we also have a super important podcast on um, Instagram, and yeah. we also have it on uh, Facebook, and then, yes, you can get hold of me on Instagram at, at Stephen Adams, and that's P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Adams, hair, so Stephen Adams hair is my Instagram, and my Facebook, and my e email, <laughs> you can get me on all of them. So, and then you can also pick this up as a actual podcast on um, uh, iTunes, right? Yeah, you can get this, download this on iTunes, and you can also download this on Google Play. And okay. hopefully, maybe if I have a little time today, I'll uh, try to get up on Spotify. Oh, nice. That'd be great. That'd, That'd be great. That's the next step. So. so if you love us, follow us, like us, share us. If you don't love us. <laughs> Up, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> awesome. Love you guys. Love you, Steven. All right. Take care, man. Take care.